0: Welcome to the Table of Life. Hi, my name is Chef Kirsten Helly sandoval and I'm the founder of Mesa DeVita. For my new friends, I'll take a second to give you a reason behind the show, as well as give a disclaimer that cussing may occur, just in case you have any sensitive ears listening. I have been a private chef for professional athletes on the Food Network, the cover of Women's Day magazine, and I am now the CEO of a food and lifestyle brand. I set out to create a healthy new family legacy after becoming a mom in my mid-20s, accidentally losing over 100 pounds, and I can honestly say that healthy food changed my life and it has completely changed the course of my journey. Food is nourishment, but it is also the cornerstone for nurturing family, culture, community, and tradition. The table is where life happens, memories are made, stories are shared, values are passed on, and the place where many friendships are forged. I want to share the stories of women in food that inspire me, healthy cooking tips and recipes, journeys through health, wellness, and a glimpse into the life of a foodpreneur and or mompreneurs just like myself. Most importantly, I want to extend a seat at our table to you. So pull up a chair and join us. If you'd like to watch the live stream recordings of these podcasts, see the recipe action and more, head to facebook.com slash Mesa vida and click on videos. Also, I record these sessions every Thursday and would love to have you join in live to ask questions and be a part of the conversation. Since these sessions are recorded live, you're going to hear the sizzling, popping, and sometimes the fizzing of the bubbles as we make mimosas. So, let's dig into the deliciousness at the table of life. This episode is with Kristen of Urban Craft Uprising and Julie of Firefly Kitchens. We taped it live at Firefly Kitchens and if you'll excuse the beginning, we got a little uh, problem recording at the beginning. We were just joining in with Kristen talking about the founding of Urban Craft Uprising and how she came in, kind of had the torch handed to her and her partner, Lindsey, and that's where we're gonna give a start.
1: I guess pass the torch, but Lindsey, she is my business partner there's two of us now primarily and then uh she got on um with urban craft the second year they were around and you know there's been many changes of hands and then my friend moxie that i met she had been the president of urban craft and i owned a shop and needed a you know like another source of income because the economy had tanked Mm -hmm in retail definitely suffered from that so I applied to do PR and marketing and got that job and then um, this guy that was working for sponsorship, he left um, and then I took over that job and then uh, Moxie left eventually and then I took over um, as president so now, you know, when Moxie left it was really devastatingly sad and we were like, oh my god, what are we gonna do let's just try to do it, the two of us, and see how it goes, and then if we have to hire, but I think Lindsay, you know, was just like more hesitant to, it became more, you know, like your baby, so yeah. it's hard to just
0: hire somebody else. Them, yeah, so. absolutely, and you say she's out of Portland, right? Yeah, so she lives in Portland. Where are Urban Craft Uprising events? We're all in seattle all in seattle okay yeah. got it well now and maybe i mean and in Bellevue. and Bellevue. yeah, yeah. so <laughs> no, gobble that's up happening. that's uh, <laughs> kind of we're both uh so there's 75 vendors at gobble up it's happening next saturday it's actually shop small saturday it's two days after thanksgiving so if you're in the bellevue area totally check it
2: out i'm going to put the links down below but yeah so and julie's one of the vendors that'll be there too yeah, it'll be exciting i mean we've done urban craft uprising in the past and it's always so rewarding to be at events like that, where people really care about um, really well-crafted products. And so there's a lot of crafts more at Urban Craft Uprising, but there's always been quite a few food vendors, so this is going to be great to be someplace where it's really food-centric. And I think the timing is right after the holidays. Where people are after Thanksgiving, where people are now ready to say, "All right, let's yeah. get on with let's get on with Christmas." So yep. we all have a lot of exciting things to share. That I think I always say, give the gift of food or give the gift yeah, of health sure. and share. For sure. Yeah. yeah, there's so many cool. It's not just food.
0: There's like kitchenware and stuff. And so you are a crocheter, right? Yeah. That's your that's your craft. Yeah. Nice. So. But I feel. I mean, like, I think it was five years ago
1: that rules at the um, X-Hall where we do urban craft have changed and so we are allowed to start having food vendors so then that category has just grown tremendously so it just, you know, over the years it's just, you know, you're like still you're a craft show and yes we think this is craft food yeah. but at the same t- time like what percentage of your show can still be for food makers so at this point, you know there's it's almost outgrowing a lot of the other Categories. So, you know, that's where wow. Gobble Up, we were like, okay, you know, and some of our vendors have asked to, you know, have a specialized food event. Oh, so okay. that's kind of how it all. Developed into gobble up. Which
0: and I'm fun. so excited. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I, I I feel lucky. I mean I've heard of Urban Craft Uprising. I've never been to one of the events, but I always look at it from afar and so um I feel really lucky to be part of it. It's really it's gonna be it's gonna really be cool. Yeah. I'm, so, I'm gonna do a lot of shopping. Yeah. that's <laughs> <laughs> it's a place to do your shopping. Yeah. You know, For you're sure. supporting People who are actually making a living, a lot of family businesses, right? Mm-hmm. And so, um, so you've done this before. You're, they're both community. Like, they're, I, that's what I love about both, you know, your business and uh, and Urban Craft Uprising. So, um, Firefly is in the community, and you're also building a community around this, you know, health food. And it's there's people from all walks of life that enjoy kimchi and the foods that are, you know, probiotic, and everybody's getting to know about it. So, how did
2: you guys get your start? Oh well mine really began 12 years ago during a nutrition program where I was being trained to work one-on-one with people and helping them change their diet through more holistic and traditional eating and then there was a component of selling supplements along with the you know along with working with with clients and the very first week of my training I discovered the fermented wonders of (laughs) Kraut and kimchi and through Sally Fallon's book Nourishing Traditions and that, like a light bulb went off in my head, you know, I saw the, saw the sauerkraut. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and I realized that here, this is a live traditional food that's been around forever that mm-hmm. has the enzymes and the probiotics and the fiber and the vitamins and the minerals that a lot of people are just taking via supplements every yes. day. Yeah. So... I knew that I would not be a great health practitioner because I would just be making food and giving it to people. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, Your clients would yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, I know. I realized my clients would, but my spouse wouldn't. <laughs> oh, God. That's the direction yeah. I took as a personal show. I, I, think, it, I think my whole family was really happy when we started Firefly because then I got all the, the fermentation stuff out of the house and into our facility yes. here. Yeah, so. I can
0: imagine. That's a great smell. It yeah. does actually
2: smell really good when you walk in here. Yeah, yeah. We're processing carrots today. That's all. Yeah, uh, yeah. We're so at it. the point now where we're processing about 2,000 pounds of cabbage a week, oh and gosh. so you know, we're, we're, we're changing guts, you know, one, one bite at a time. Yeah. And not just the
0: business. I always talk about that. I love finding new businesses or not new businesses, but, uh, businesses to talk about that are not just the brand on the shelf. I think that's so, that's just the old school way of thing. I think, you know, when you have a business, you're reaching out to people. You're you're on their kitchen table, you're in their refrigerator, you're really changing their life and how, um, how you take that seriously and you, you share a little bit more and you know, again not just a product (laughs) yeah
2: well it's not and it's it's um it's a labor of love and I think every business owner will share that same thing Mm -hmm. that it's you have this passion and this idea and then um you know one of the troubles with starting a business you know taking your you know what you crochet or what you make and turning it into a business most of us that have this passionate obsession yeah. with something mm-hmm. maybe sometimes aren't the best business people yeah. and yep. so but then that's what you're doing and so yeah for me I way have way more fun in the kitchen and working mm-hmm. with people and food than I do talking to brokers and distributors uh-huh. and problem solving yeah, yeah definitely I like the creating yeah. yeah that's so good
0: yeah that's where the community comes in around it too I think and we were talking about that how some of us are really great about this, you know, sharing and helping each other. And, um, there's kind of an old
2: boys club where it's not necessarily that way. So do you find in Seattle, it tends to be though? Oh, Seattle is such a great collaborative place. And, um, you know, there's been many, many women and men who have been instrumental in in helping us along, along the way yeah. And, um, and I, I think we are definitely a very food centric city and, and people get community and I grew up in a small town in Alaska where you just have to depend on your neighbors and your friends for that emotional support to kind of get through the winter, you know, mm-hmm. um, and I don't know, food, food seems like the number one connector on all levels. Yeah, yeah, so. absolutely.
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's right, right? Yeah. So There's no
2: alcohol in yeah. here, I promise. <laughs> I tried, but... <laughs> yeah. Can you ferment it a little longer absolutely. and then will it turn into booze? Absolutely. You know, in fact, I was that. reading up a little bit this morning and just about how, you know, some of the earliest forms of fermentation go back to the fruit fermentation and, and the production of alcohol you know they think not not as it is on the levels these days but you know that's that's where it comes from and and if you think about all good things that we consume on a daily basis go through some fermentation process even you know coffee chocolate charcuterie yeah dairies fermented you know like the good dairy those cheeses that are fermented and then can't forget the wine and spirits and stuff like that.
0: That's so true. You know, it's funny. I hear a lot of people are like, oh, my My grandma ate this every day. She lived till 90. And it's like, kind of ate, yeah, they were a lot of fermented foods and maybe cured and brined and all that kind of stuff. Well,
2: what's so funny is that we teach a lot of classes and the number one thing that people are fearful of is killing somebody by, you know, yeah. by fermenting at home, they think they're going to kill somebody. I'm like, mm. there is not one documented case of anybody ever dying from a bad fermented food. Really? This isn't
0: oh. Right. No, that. when
2: you can, that's, you're creating a really ripe environment for things to go wrong because you're sterilizing and then bacteria can get in there and just go to town. But with, with fermented foods, that's one of the benefits of them is that salmonella and equal, like can't even live in yeah. a pH below five. And the pH of these products is about three and a half. Oh, so wow. it's really pretty special. Oh, and nice. and you think about people are dying mm-hmm. from processed foods every single yep. day. Yep. And that's just not happening with this stuff.
0: Very but, nice. Yeah. Oh, they taste really good too. If you haven't tried Firefly Kitchen's products, you've got to try them. So. Yeah.
2: <clears throat> well, I want to just... Yes, share the, the new one. So we have so some salts that are infused. We have dip, three different flavors that we are going to be sharing um, um rolling out at Urban Craft, I mean, at Ooh, Gobble Up. Nice. And we've got our kimchi salt, the Cortito, and the Emerald City. So, three completely dif- different flavor profiles. But just from the feedback from the people who've been testing oh. and tasting, they're just out of their minds because it's so great on yes. eggs and popcorn mm-hmm. and meat and fish. and um, oh my it's, gosh. They're pretty mouthwatering. And the thing is, is they have our real product is freeze-dried and blended up in there. So it's that umami and it's that yes. really yeah. great flavor that um, that is what makes it that so That is good.
0: so special. I yeah. can't wait to
2: use that. I'm actually... Yeah. Um,
0: and
1: they're vegan. Yeah. Yeah. Did you know? Did you we
2: were just having a conversation this morning about, you know, one of the the joys and the difficulties of branding, you know, a small mm-hmm. company as you've mm-hmm. experienced is what do you put, you know, what do you put on the labels? Yeah. And we of course are vegan, um, so that's important for kimchi lovers who are vegan because they can enjoy our kimchi. Yeah, well, yeah,
0: because a lot of times have shrimp, right? Right, yeah. most mm-hmm. most
2: do, and so um, we we are gonna put that on the kimchi label, but we're like, do we need to put it on the other the other flavors because. Do people ever like? Do vegans ever think that a salt, a fancy salt, they're getting isn't vegan? Yeah, so interesting. But it, it's a question, and it's it's yeah. space on a very small sticker, and it's just oh, one of those yeah. things you have yeah. to, you know, think about.
0: That is probably so true. way too much. I, I, that's where I love to source uh, community input. Maybe at yeah. Gobble Up, you could ask people their opinion. <laughs> I'm hoping by then mm-hmm. it'll all be finalized. Oh, okay, right, okay. Malcolm, next <laughs> week. <laughs> I had to say, my sauces are vegan, but they're cooking sauces, so they're kind of meant for meats as well as vegan, yeah. you know, whatever. You right, and you don't brain, want to so. turn
2: people off from, Yes.
0: Yeah. I always say, my website has tons of recipes, but I kind of want, like, a vegan-only website because I don't want to offend right. anybody who's vegan right. for animal rights
2: issue right. you know, reason, right. so, yeah. Well, that's what I have certainly found is that you cannot ever please everybody, so and sure. so at the end of the day, you have your tribe, you have your community, you have your your goals, and, you, you know, you... You don't try to please everybody. You just make sure that you're creating the best product you can. and it's and, yes. Yeah.
0: Yep. And staying true to who you are, right? Yeah. And authentic. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So um, I think we were before we lost our connection that we didn't actually <laughs> lose. I was going to ask about some of the other uh, brands that are there. Are there any that are, like, brand new? Like, is this, like, their first foray or a lot of them pretty established? Or You know, it's funny. I don't know. I I feel like I know a lot of urban craft people, mm-hmm. but and I
1: do know a lot of the people at Couple Up from mm. if they have been urban craft vendors. Okay. But I there's tons of people I don't know yeah. like you. I yeah. today. <laughs> so yeah. you know I've read people's interviews, yeah. but I don't know. I'm assuming a lot of people do at least farmers markets. Yeah. Maybe so. not something in this arena, mm-hmm. but um, yeah. So I don't know. You know, I just I feel like there's so many really good stories of just I mean, I love small business stories mm-hmm. in general. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I mean John Boys list?
2: Marmel's. Yeah, Marmels. John Leases. Boys in this yeah. facility right I mean, here. Are so, they, yeah. Oh I was gonna ask about this. Yeah. this is, it's a, I see there's one for lease. Is this a place well, where they're little like office. Yeah, oh, offices. Okay. But gotcha. is there a place on a website where people can see? Yeah, who's so we all, have a
1: list of vendors on the Gobble Up site. Okay. So they're all there so it's like everything from chocolate makers there's you know I there was like I read an interview with um somebody that makes truffles but he does um diabetic for diabetics and for vegans and all these like different you know subcategories I guess of people that probably have a harder time yeah finding chocolate to eat what about cannabis truffles Oh, there's nobody that's uh-huh. doing that. That's
0: I don't crazy. know anybody you who know, wants to yeah. start a new business. Yeah. I'm sure ruffles. that's actually you know there's or they a,
2: can yeah I know this. I'm sure it's been done. Yeah, yeah I mean be. it's
1: it's, I, it's been done, but like I don't know if they would be able to vent. Be, oh yeah. That's I don't know right. what the laws are yeah. for that. We do have um some like a, uh, um, cider person and tonic is coming, oh, which okay. I'm really excited for, and. Um, a Bainbridge winery yeah. vineyard and so we have a couple alcohol people but okay. this is our first one so hopefully it kind of gets a good you know hopefully it gets a good reputation I know at Urban Craft the first one I did as a vendor and some of my friends that I've had done the craft show circuit with they weren't there and I'm oh. like why are you guys doing the show and they're like I don't know it was the first one you never know and so you know I think everything that we do it's a reputation is good then people were like oh i'm sad i didn't do that keep growing yeah
0: do you guys have aspirations of throwing urban craft uprising through the northwest at all like maybe dabbling into portland or anything like that. we're not going to go to portland because
1: um there's a craft show down there that we really respect and that's nice i don't know i just think that would be kind of jerky but um (laughs) you know gobble up is something that we feel like is maybe even has a better potential of taking on the road because there are you know, a lot of craft shows. I'm -hmm. sure there's a lot of food shows too, but maybe not in this kind of Mm
2: -hmm.
1: more of the packaged food, slow food movement Mm -hmm. that we're focused on.
2: Okay, Mm -hmm. I have a great idea for you. Oh, How about a gobble up store? So all of us that are producing there, yeah.
1: That is a great idea, Julie, but I have worked in retail for 13 years, and I am not doing that anymore. Anyway. So your are I can tell yeah, you about a storefront. I'll, I'll see that in my
2: <laughs> sleeping hours. We did do an yeah. urban
1: craft store, because I had a store myself for 12 years, mm-hmm. and then closed that, and then the storefront turned into an urban craft store, mm. and we did that for a little over a year, and I'm like, you know what? All these shows and events that we do, like, I'm just not doing this.
2: Anymore.
1: It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work.
2: Yeah. It's yeah. like,
1: you know, I already have a full-time job. Yeah. yeah. I don't want
2: to start. Well, that's what makes it special, too, is if it's, you know, coming together once or twice a year. Yeah, for you sure. know? Like, it makes it special for me to be at these events. And, you know, my spouse is oftentimes, why do you have to be at these things? And I'm like, it's not that I have to be. I mean, sometimes it is, but yeah. it's that I want to be because I'm connecting with other people that for I've sure. grown with over the years. Yeah. And, and it's always... It's always difficult because it's pretty easy to work seven days a week when you're a business owner yes. and you give a shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you so what it takes, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So,
0: um, so you're at a lot of the farmers markets. Which farmers markets are you? Guys well, at? we're mm-hmm. in Ballard
2: year round. Oh, and okay. We did six this summer. Are you in the U District too? No, we can't. We can't get in. Yeah, you know, no. there's there's too many food vendors, yeah. and and I understand. You know, we were there yeah, and you then we were weren't, the... and yeah, so okay. um, there's there's just a lot. You know that just tells me we need more. We need more places to be able to sell.
0: Yeah, sell
2: these great foods. Yeah. and crafts You know, because you guys always are. Like you're, you're staying in the market. You do the market service. Yeah, I mean, right? the, we, we love Ballard. You know, this yeah. is where we started off. I mean, our company's here, and we're mm-hmm. eight years old now. That was, well, actually, that wasn't the first market. We were in two other markets before we were able to, you know, get Ballard for, the, you know, the year round gig. But I still feel like you know it's so great when you go to those. Cities that have these vibrant little sales boosts yes. in train stations, yeah. or um, yes. I don't know, maybe someday I if, agree when light rail comes through Ballard. We can, yeah, we can all populate it with our customers. I, yeah. I hope
1: people still support it on the retail side. Yes, yeah. I feel like that's the scary part is that every retail shop that goes down it's like a bar, or restaurant, yeah, instead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I just feel like people
0: aren't supporting small business in yeah. that way yeah. as much. It, it takes a lot to keep a business alive in Seattle right yeah. now, for sure. Just the, the amount of money it
1: takes. Well, to and you just end, want to shop end. on Amazon because we live in Amazon yes. world. Yeah, yeah.
2: I think it's funny because I get I get overwhelmed at times, and then I just think at the end of the day, I am making a product that every single person can benefit from eating. Yeah, mean, yeah. and, and you know, if maybe one percent of the population yeah. is eating it or is aware, there's there's yeah. still there's still so many more that need to and I I really like to there's so much to this food and people still just aren't ready for it. They're just not ready for kraut mm-hmm. or kimchi unless they're lovers of it. Sure. And this is why we're always creating, you know, I have a cookbook called Fresh and Fermented oh, that I'll link that below. Um, <laughs> that that really we teach people how to make it on their own and then have all these crazy, incredibly easy recipes that that blend kraut up and and you don't even know what's in there. From okay. Um, we have, I always tell people to take the classic kraut and blend it up. and We call it velvetized, velvetized vegetables. And then once it's mm-hmm. in this blended up form like applesauce, then you can stir it into your baby's food or your aging, you know, elderly, or yeah. somebody who's having real severe digestive issues. Mm-hmm. You can stir it into your favorite hummus or guacamole or oh, salsa. So it's like instant. So instead of popping a pill just yeah. grab a spoonful
0: totally and it so. brightens up the flavor too like vinegary uh things i love that's it i teach people all the time if you think food's not or you think food needs more salt don't add salt add something bright and acidic like
2: right well and i like, yeah. when i teach yeah. i'm like you know yeah, skip the salt. Yeah, season with mm-hmm. your veggies. Here's your your vitamins, your veggies, and right. your seasoning all in one. Yeah, and and I always say to people, you know, whenever you are cooking, you need that acid. People mm-hmm. think of citrus or vinegar, mm-hmm. but if you think about it, that's what this is. But it's not vinegar. It's yeah, it's healthier. Just created its, its like, own thing. Yeah. That's yeah. what I like about your stuff too. It, um, sometimes
0: kimchi and krauts—they're—they li- do they use vinegar to process them? Sometimes? A lot of ones
2: who aren't making it the right way. That's <laughs> what I you thought. Know, you're yeah. forcing they're, that, oof. but yeah. I think there's a lot of really good kraut makers in the mm-hmm. Northwest, and it's just really important to make sure you read, and yeah. you read, and that it is obviously you want to have organic if you can because you you need those, you need that bacteria that comes naturally on the vegetables to help with the fermentation process yeah, because that's what that's how the probiotics are created because that bacteria eats the sugars and the starches in the vegetables while the salt is keeping the bad bacteria at bay Mm. and that lactic acid taste that you get that sour is created through this full month long process Wow! so a lot of companies they'll just put vinegar and then sugar and then they'll heat it and then it's shelf stable. Like there's a yellow can up there that oh, is, yeah, gross. who I, I mean, it's from Canada. Somebody brought it back and mm. it's probably 10 years old and it's just like dead yeah. veggies in there. Totally. Totally. Yeah, there's no total dead difference. veggies. <laughs> no dead food. Yes. I love that.
0: <laughs> I'm a big believer. I mean, food can be so, if you get used to like real whole delicious foods, you get used to that flavor and it's just like, there's no going back and yeah. the way you feel when you eat yeah. that way too. So. Yeah. 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 So um I'm excited about these. I was gonna say, like, if any of you um in like the I think Jap- Japan they use furikake. the they it's like the sprinkle of like seaweed mm-hmm. and stuff over mm-hmm. your rice. Yeah. This would be so delicious like that. Um and yeah, for seasoning. I'm excited to try those. So oh, keep yeah. an eye out for those. Definitely go to the um if you're in the Seattle Bellevue area, come buy that. Uh come by to get your first taste of them. Um so I think, so I just want to ask you guys to kind of wrap it up. So you've told me a bit about how your family, well, how you came across natural foods and mm-hmm. how, how this came to be. Was it something you grew up with? Was food culture big in your family? Or? I
2: would say food culture was just because I grew up in southeast Alaska, and it was very seasonal with the salmon. You know, my father always hunted, and then he fished just, you know, for fun. But we, we lived on the foods that yeah. he, you know, brought home. Um, and then, you know, seaweed and berries and stuff like that. But there was always this coming together to to process it and package it up and freeze it. Mm-hmm. Or go out picking, you know, berries and then freezing them. Um, but I didn't learn about sauerkraut until I was 40 years old. And I really had been in health nut my whole life. Okay. But I really didn't know about the health benefits. And I think the reason why is because... ninety nine percent of the kraut that's made in this country is all pasteurized and it's not the healthy kraut that I learned about when I was like, oh my God, this is why isn't everybody eating this every day? Yeah. Just the gut issues that people have and all the autoimmune diseases I feel like I feel like I have this little secret to share with people about taking better care of their health. Yeah. Like, this
0: is medicine. Yeah, this truly yeah. is it
2: medicinal is. food. I mean, yeah. gosh,
0: we're all taking pills and it and tastes probiotics. I mean, and and I think that's just the thing. It is. Is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's delicious. Yeah. That's so cool. We yeah. grew up making sauerkraut. Um, oh, you did? Yeah, my dad Midwest? makes it. Midwest or where? Um, Well, North North Dakota by way of Norway. Okay. So, yeah. um, we In Sweden. So great. definitely we always get together that's, and make big vats of it. That's and great. My dad's got some stewing at home right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's Stewart. I don't know awesome what you call it. it. Yeah. Fermenting. yeah, Fermenting. Yeah, fermenting. Yes, yes. <laughs> so what about you? Did you, is food a big part of your culture or your family heritage or? Yeah, fun?
1: definitely. I feel like, I mean, my dad had a garden and loved tomatoes mm-hmm. and I don't know, I feel like my mom was always really into making us a good meal at dinner. and. We're vegetarian for, I mean, I remember I thought lasagna was disgusting for a good chunk of my childhood because it was with tofu, and then I oh. had it with meat, and I was like, oh, this is good. <laughs> and
0: and then throw a little totally, wine in there, and it's, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, like, a it's
1: different.
2: the only world. <laughs> but,
1: um, and then I feel like, yeah, just, we have a very small family. There's not many of us at all in, I mean, total with aunts and uncles and everything. So, my aunt and my uncle is from Bangladesh, and I just feel like, you know, that's a big part of their culture, and I lived with them for a couple years, and just having, like, giant, like, his family would come and just bring, I mean, the whole refrigerator was full of, like, whole fishes, you know, fish and everything, so, and, so that was fun, and, yeah, I don't, when we all get together, it's just about, like, cooking food, I think that's the best thing to do when you're with your friends or anything, I just love cooking, so. Yeah.
0: I would love to see that happen for Thanksgiving. Um, You know, people, it's a stressor, you know, people like, oh, I got to have people over. You got to make all this food. I think I like to see this kind of thing happening where people are all cooking together instead of like all this, I got to prepare in advance. But see, I
2: think so much of the stress mm -hmm. of that are expectations and so much of it's like the marketing and the people think things need to be fancy. Mm -hmm. And I I go that sometimes. (laughs) I'm like, you see all the fancy stuff out, you know, out in the stores and then, you know, when I go to set my table, I'm like, oh, shit, I don't have any greens or all my stuff is stained. But then, you know, you go outside and you snip some rosemary yeah. and, it, you know, you make it an adventure, get some pine cones and, good you know, I don't know. But I yeah,
0: Simplicity. I the stress
2: out of it. Yeah,
0: I like to see everything kind of going back to simple, simple, real, whole, natural, authentic, all that yeah. good stuff. So, yeah. yeah, that was so great. It was so great to hear from Kristen and Julie, and I do hope you'll follow them. Head to fireflykitchens.com and urbancraftuprising.com slash gobble dash up. And if you are in the Bellevue area, Seattle area, please join us on Saturday, November 25th, and uh, get all your holiday shopping done. Check out their website for all of the details. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you're inspired, maybe even hungry, and enjoyed spending some time at the table with me. Don't forget to head to facebook.com slash Mesa to watch the replay of these recordings and I do hope you'll try to join in on the live sessions Thursday mornings. You can also find the replays on the Mesa De Vida channel on YouTube along with more recipe and how-to videos. I also send out the recipes and new episode information delivered right to your email every week or two. Sign up to get that along with coupon codes and more at That's mesadevida.com. That's M-E-S-A-D-E-V-I-D-A dot com. I would love if you could give us a five-star rating and leave a review of what you love about this podcast too. And definitely subscribe if you want to get all of the new episodes as they happen. Thank you for listening and has been such a pleasure hanging out with you at the table of life.